everybody. This is So Many Sequels. I'm Josh. I'm Andrew. I'm Garrett. And I'm David. Today, we are talking about friggin' Spider-Man. That's right. Spider-Man No Way Home. So let me just be totally clear with you right now that this is a, going to be a spoiler discussion. Ooh. It will be spoilers everywhere. Yes, so almost if immediately. You have, if you have not seen Spider-Man No Way Home and you care about that, turn this off. Go watch the movie. Come back later. But spoilers incoming. All right. Boom. Spider-Man No Way Home. This movie is the third in the Tom Holland trilogy. It is the latest in the MCU. Um, (laughs) 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 Who wants Uh, to go first with the It is a reunion of many previous Spider-Man actors. That's for sure. That is for sure. That is for sure. Yes. So we knew from the trailers that um, we, we certainly knew that Doc Ock would return Alfred Molina. Right. He, um, we knew that Green Goblin would return, although Willem Dafoe wasn't explicitly featured in the in the trailers. And mm-hmm. uh, then it just, you know, the metaverse rips yeah. up from there. Yeah. So, uh, up real quick too. Oh, man, I, I don't even know where to start. I don't even know where to start. I know. So uh, I actually heard, Andrew, you told me that you did not watch any trailers before you watched the movie. So I would love to hear your reaction first because you truly didn't seem to know anything going in. Nope. Okay. Uh, Everything about this movie was a genuine surprise. And everything about this movie was just... It, like, from, like, from, like, the second act on, everything was just crazy. If I can put it like that, it was just absolutely, it was just absolutely bonkers. And the thing is, but in a great way, because like, I like this was beyond any Marvel movie I've seen up to this point. And that's, I'm glad that they did that because I feel like Marvel movie, I feel like superhero movies in general get stale. They get, they get stale because, you know, we know we know the hero. It's kind of like James Bond. We know the hero. We have some sense that he's probably going to live and be okay at the end of the, at the end of the film. And we have a villain who has some sort of proportion here. Uh, this one picks up right where it left off from. What was the second one called? I forgot. Uh, far from home. Far from home. Far from home. Okay. It completely picks up where it left off. And I think it's terrific what they did. Uh, It threw me for countless loops. And when all the Spider-Mans came together, it was like a homecoming. That's right. That's right. That's what the very first one was. was I don't know if you remember that or not. It was Spider-Man homecoming. He knew what he was doing. He planned that out. Actually, was, no, I didn't. I, 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 I ad lived all that. <laughs> all right. You, are you saying you forgot that the first film in this in this particular trilogy was called Spider-Man: Homecoming? Well, we've had so many Marvel movies since then, and so many sequels since then. That's and right. And so many sequels. That's right. <laughs> so. I will. I guess I'll talk next. Um, <laughs> yeah, what you said. Great, great, great movie. Um, really. 
what movie theaters are made for. Um, yes, the it, it does not waste any time with a lot of exposition. At the end of Spider-Man Far From Home, um, Spider-Man's identity is revealed to the entire world. And we pick up immediately when that happens. Um, so action-packed start. Spider-Man, you know, he's a kid. He makes a lot of poor choices. I was like cringing the whole movie because you, we, the audience, know, Peter, you're making a mistake almost every time you make a decision. Um, he goes to Doctor Strange to do a spell to brainwash the world to forget that he's Spider-Man. But that's going to mean everyone, including MJ and Ned and Aunt May, and everyone will forget. So naturally, he destroys the spell and rips the metaverse open. Um, bringing us these alternate universe characters. I, so we, we learned more about the multiverse or we got our first taste of the multiverse in Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, which is a different thing, but we got a taste of it there. And I thought at the time, there's no way that they can do this in a live action format. There's no way. I did not think it would work as well as, as that did. And I was pretty petrified of this movie because I did not believe that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield would come back. I convinced myself that the fandom went a little overboard, as they are known to do. You know what you did, Josh? What did I do? You prepared yourself for disappointment. That way you can never be disappointed. That's true. That's true. I did that. That's a reference. Well, it just seemed inconceivable to me that they could make that happen um, and (laughs) and, and pull it off. So their reveals were amazing. Um, I did not know how much I needed to see this particularly Toby again. And what I really didn't know what I needed to see was Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin battling Tom Holland's Spider-Man. That was a weird um, set of things that I just didn't know that I needed really badly because he's got to be one of my top comic movie villains of all time. I think one of the first things you uh, ever said to me was Godspeed, Spider-Man. Godspeed, Spider-Man. Uh, it's like my favorite quotable it's like, line. It's like, it was like, yeah, I, I, we, uh, we, we, we had met and talked a little bit and then we were like, we got to go. And you're like, Godspeed, Spider-Man. I don't remember that, but I believe it wholeheartedly. And I was like, I was like, I like that guy. I know exactly what he's referencing because I, <laughs> reference I reference that to myself all the time. Yeah, yeah. Just, just so good. But also, um, it's a really dark movie um, in terms of tragedy. Yeah, some stuff goes down. Um, you know, Peter loses his Aunt May and that totally threw me because, you know, we're led to believe in a way that so the other Spider-Man, they lose their Uncle Ben. Right. And we're kind of led to believe that. Well, so Peter, does, this Peter doesn't have an Uncle Ben, but he lost Tony as his mentor. Nope. Psych. That wasn't enough. You needed to lose Aunt May, too. Right. That shocked me. Yeah, that, that was, that was surprising, of course. Um, when the inevitable occurs and they all do forget who Spider-Man is. And now he's completely alone. Uh, he has no friends, no family. He is not an Avenger because they don't know who he, well, actually Garrett and I talked about that. I think a little bit where Spider-Man would still be an Avenger, right? The Avengers right. just would not know who he They just don't know who Peter is. Okay, that, that's we, how yes, I interpreted yes. it because, because happy still remembers Spider-Man. That's true. That's uh, true. Because he said they both said they. So uh, essentially, the world has forgotten who Peter Parker is as right. a whole. It's not right. even just a matter of forgetting that Peter Parker is Spider Man. <laughs> Nobody knows who Peter Parker is at all. 
So uh, as far as so as far as like Falcon and uh, and uh, uh, Captain Marvel, they still remember that Spider-Man guy that we fought with. Doctor Strange will still remember Spider-Man. They just don't remember who he is, which might be a benefit. All right, all right, interesting. Either way, I thought it was surprisingly dark. Yeah. Uh, man, Garrett, I kind of want to let you go first, but also go for it. Like all pinned yeah, up. Which one of you wants to go? Go for it, dude. I'll try to keep this short. I'll tell you what, this this was like it felt like a comic book. It felt like whether it was whether it was, you know, Doctor Strange's involvement, whether it was this the multiverse opening up and other Spider-Mans from and, and other villains coming in from other places, or whether it was just a breezy cameo by Matt freaking Murdoch, aka Daredevil. Uh, it was just like it was like a comic book on 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 in film because it was like this big universe. And if you don't if you didn't know who Matt Murdock was, if you didn't know who that cool lawyer was, it was like, oh, well, you got to There's there's more over here. You can check. You got out. homework to do. Let yeah. me show you this, you know, introduce you to a whole new uh, a whole new thing. Um, it was so cool in that respect. Everything felt fresh. Everything felt fun. Uh, Tom Holland is really I mean, he's he's just I don't want to sound weird, but Tom Holland's just really charming. Mm-hmm. He is really, he, he's funny. Uh, he has great chemistry seemingly with everybody because, you know, he's crying back there because, you know, they introduce us. So they give us other Spider-Man. They give us Andrew Garfield. They give us Toby. And we get a little bit of Toby and Andrew first before they meet Tom Holland. Mm-hmm. And at first I was like, you know, this kind of works. But then when they met Tom, like it all really meshed it all really clicked and i was like here we go now we got this tom's the straw that stirs the drink uh what a blast it was so fun um there's there's so many details to get into but um yeah i don't know i i i look forward to seeing more but i also have to wonder we can talk about this later where they go from here Mm um i mean i feel like i was going to mention something that you guys thought someone of you guys brought something up i wanted to touch on but it's okay uh, it was great to see Willem Dafoe back. Honestly, the the surprise hit for me was Jamie Foxx coming back as Electro. He was yeah. hilarious and and intimidating and fun. Uh, give me more Jamie Foxx. I'll throw it to Garrett. Yeah, I agree. I think the crossover is a lot of fun. Um, there's a book that I've read in the past uh, about the <laughs> Marvel DC rivalry, and the they have attempted to cross those two universes over before, and it's never been successful. In the movie verse, you have so many different Spider Men movies with sony and then you have the marvel one and everyone really has been wanting to see it but you know you just don't believe that they can cross over they tease you with that in uh venom 2 if you haven't seen that right um and so you know they set it up well and and the execution is always going to be interesting and and who wins or is it mutual you know i think this is I i feel like there was a line that was referenced in there that uh Holland delivered that was like, you know, this is what's best. Trust me or something like that. And I remember when there was an issue between Disney and Sony about Spider-Man and moving forward. And Tom Holland was the one that was like, stop being a bunch of jerks and make this happen because the people want it. And there were so many references in the movie where I feel like it was those slight bit of fan service. And I like and have slight issues with just that tiny aspect of it where, you know, it can it's great and it's fantastic but if it doesn't hit then it affects a little bit of the story where for me who is someone who has never seen any kind of amazing spider-man to my own fault like i want to but i never have all of the andrew garfield stuff outside of the fact that i like andrew garfield 
It's true. I didn't understand. I didn't get it. Like I could piece it together based on the context clues that they gave me, but I didn't have those emotional moments like I did when it came to the Tobey Maguire Spider-Verse, which is what I am more connected to. So that is, I think, while a warranted fan service delivery, a detriment to the overall story when delivered, if it doesn't hit its mark to the person. And that's just, but it doesn't take away much, just like a little bit of a thing. But what I really enjoyed was Alfred Molina. Everybody talks about how great Willem Dafoe is because it's deserved. But I think that Alfred Molina and his portrayal of Doc Ock in this movie and in Spider-Man 2, right underneath as far as movie villains, it, it should be talked about more in context with uh, Heath Ledger's Joker and Willem Dafoe's uh, Green Goblin, in my opinion. And so being able to see him and because he was a good person, and like just was messed up. And so to see him get fixed, I guess, or cured was so satisfying and have that moment of this is his mentor. And there's so many mentors there. Toby being a mentor and, and Andrew being a mentor to Tom was so important because you do. They also mention you forget that that Tom Holland is still a kid. Dr. Strange references that. And he says, we forget that you're still a kid making mistakes. But and nobody really go understands what he's going through except for Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield in that regard. So to, for them to be there for him when he's going through that event is, is really powerful for a lot of different ways saying, you know, you have an opportunity to continue and we know what you've been through. So we're here for you when you feel like you don't have anything. Cause they really did rip everything from him in this movie. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there, there is a, a lot of it and it has bigger picture for Marvel in general, you know, can they work with Sony to bring in more Sony villains that can cross over to other things, you know, long-term who knows what they can do, but like, this is a very big movie for a lot of different reasons. Yeah. You know, it's a fair complaint, uh, Andrew, that, or Garrett, that, it, you know, if you haven't seen like the amazing Spider-Man or if you never watched Toby Maguire's second movie or third movie, you know, you might be a little bit, you might be a little lost on some stuff. This movie has done something that I would say outside of like Doctor Who hasn't really ever been done, which is to like say, hey, we're going to take the full cinematic experience of a character in film and bring it all into one movie where past iterations like we've never seen a movie with all the actors who've ever played Batman together outside of an SNL sketch that would never happen, (laughs) you know, and or or James Bond or 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 uh, uh I'm trying to think of somebody who else had a lot Superman, you know, mm-hmm. it's so it's so it's such unproven ground. And obviously, if someone hasn't seen this up, they're probably gonna be lost on elements. If you haven't seen Doctor Strange or any of the other if this is your first Spider-Man movie you've ever seen, you might be like, who the heck is this Doctor Strange yeah. guy? And you're gonna, is he in every Spider-Man movie? Um, I think that it is you can't complain that this is one of those movies where the status quo just goes back to normal because it doesn't. Not for Peter. Yeah. His entire world has been changed. It's completely different. So going forward, his next trilogy or his next film will have to have a really unique opening of he's this sort of lone Spider-Man who doesn't really have the kind of support system that he used to. Um, I think it's going to be really fascinating going forward. There used to be, I used to have this, uh, and I still do, there's this philosophy that I call the Spider-Man character type. Uh, and I, uh, Garrett might appreciate this. I used to say this about Chuck whenever I would watch it with my wife, Nikki, uh, is that every good decision for Peter Parker is a bad decision for Spider-Man. And every bad, every good decision for Spider-Man 
is a bad decision for Peter Parker. If Peter Parker decides to save somebody while he's headed home, he has to miss the prom and stand up his girlfriend. And now his girlfriend hates him. If Peter Parker or Spider-Man, you know, does the right thing and and saves the city, he didn't come home and take out the trash. And now Aunt May's mad at him. You know, that kind of stuff. It ruins his personal life, but he's being a hero. And vice versa, if Peter Parker for one moment says, I need to do something selfish for me, it's got to be bad for Spider-Man. Uh, and that, and you get that here. You get that Peter Parker saying, well, not, and not even so much. Peter Parker does this not for him, but for his friends. Mm-hmm. He tries to make a selfless choice and it ends up blowing up in his face anyway. So uh, I, I like I, I like that aspect of it, uh, that Peter was really trying to be selfless this whole time and help his, his friends and his girlfriend, his friend and his girlfriend out. And in the end, he kind of has to lose them for them to have everything. He has to remove himself from their lives for them to have normal lives, um, which is sad. Very sad. Uh, what else, Josh, Andrew? I'm, I'm <clears throat> sorry, I'm trying to collect myself from everything you just said. Yes, Andrew, you have your hand raised. Ditto. Ditto. <laughs> no, like the, the only thing I'll say is, is that like uh, the only movie I have not seen from any of the Spider-Mans is uh, The Amazing Spider-Man 2, which has Jamie Foxx as Electro. So when I saw Electro and I saw him come in, I was just like, oh, who's this? And I'm like, oh, OK, this must be somebody I missed. And then I saw Jamie Foxx. I was like, oh, wait a minute. This is who is he again? And it later got explained later got explained that he, and I'm like, Oh, wait a minute. I bet you he was in the one that I didn't see. So, but it was really, I loved how they brought in all the villains, you know, even Sandman. I have a little, I have, I have one quabble with that, but we'll get to it. I, I, my, my thing about Sandman is that I actually, of all the villains, I actually like Sandman more. And I think, and the reason why is, is in that which movie? In what? In what movie? In this movie? Yeah, uh, in Spider-Man Three. Oh, okay. And okay. the reason why is that he was a he, he was a like he was a human person. He was a human person who just who just happened upon this. He was only thought of as bad, but he really actually wasn't. Yeah, he was kind of uh, conflicted. He was a conflicted yeah, bad conflicted. guy. Yeah. yeah. Whereas Doc Ock, who was a brilliant scientist. But he turned kind of evil because, you know, his his experiment right. went went south and his wife right. died. Right. Uh, but you know, Sandman. I, I wish there was a little bit more with Sandman than what we got because yeah. I like Sandman. But um, Sandman and the Lizard Man serve no purpose in this movie. Take them out or leave them in the cage and let the other people do the stuff because both of them were unimportant. I agree. I agree. I, I get it. I get it. And I get why you have the crossover there and you offer them that opportunity, but like they truly did nothing outside of Sandman built a sand wall a couple of times. But well, I think I really just, those two for me, I did not have any, I, like they served absolutely no purpose. They had no story that I felt like was, look here. you know, everybody felt like they had some story to resolve um, that was brought over, whether it was Electro or whatever critiques people may have. They, I feel like Marvel was like, let's bring them in. Let's give them the Marvel thing. We'll give them their justification and then we can use them in the future. But like, except those two. Well, there was a kind of a bizarre decision made 
I, I don't mind it so much with the lizard because he's, he's, you know, he's a lizard. There's a bizarre decision to ma- be made. I guess Tom, I don't know what Thomas Hayden church's commitment level was, but they made Sandman. Sandman was just CG Sandman for like the entire movie, seemingly yeah. up to the last few seconds. And it's weird because I mean, they in Spider-Man three, they, uh, they, they uh, illustrate that he can make himself look like normal so I was kind of strange that, like, I wonder if maybe Thomas St. Church couldn't commit to a full filming and so only did, did voice work or maybe something like that. Because, like, you know, it's him and it's re- and it's it's the real actor, Reese Fons, who I'm reading here, actually did the voice for the lizard. So I'm wondering why they didn't do more to have the, the them physically there because um, they they could have had at least Thomas St. Church there. Um, right. And I like Sandman as a juxtaposition as someone who he doesn't actually want to be like a big bad guy. He just wants to go home. Like he doesn't really care about taking over the world. That's what Goblin wants. Oh, to and do. he said that a lot. He I said he did not care a lot. He's like care. he just wants to go home. He doesn't. He doesn't care about taking over the world. He doesn't want to do anything. like that's all he just wants. Go home and see his daughter. That's all the guy wants. So cure him. He's like cure me. Don't cure me. It doesn't really matter to me. I like that as a juxtaposition to the other characters. One who want domination one who wants just more power one who's just i want to i'm a lizard man i'll turn you into a lizard you know it's a it's a the first thing thing to me is human evolution they've been talking about they've been talking about making this sinister six movie for decades now i remind you all the way back to spite to raimi's spider-man three yeah and how many villains do we get in this movie five Mm. where was number six where was number six i say they could have had six. This could have been it. Sinister six. I was waiting for Mysterio to turn out to be back and still alive. You know, like I'm waiting. Mysterio is still alive. Hashtag Mysterio is alive. Uh, it, it, but, I was waiting for him to show up and be the unifying force for this group. But uh, I know. Right. But alas, Sinister five. No, Furious five is what we get. Uh, I imagine they're still going to try to do that. Like I, well, I, you I technically have my, may have had that six one. At I the have end. my roadmap. You may have had that six one at the end when uh, Mr. Yeah. Eddie Brock showed up. That's true. Uh, and they had that big crossover out. again. They tease you in Venom 2 with Spider-Man. And then they tease you with uh, uh, Tom Hardy and Eddie Brock in us here. In credits or here, so. perhaps the sixth villain is the upcoming Morbius. Mm. Um, yeah. Because as we all know, Everyone seems to think that a movie about a group of bad guy comic people has to have Jared Leto. <laughs> yeah, that's it's true. true. What I'm I don't know is, why they're all uh, under his spell, but it know. could be. Hey, you know, people love uh, 10 Seconds to Jupiter or whatever the name of that band was. Uh, 10 Seconds, seconds to Jupiter. Jupiter. Wow. Nobody correct him because that is better. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, I, my roadmap for where this would go from here would be now you've got you've got three more movies. Now you're building the sixth movie with Tom Holland. That is yeah. six. That makes that's where I would go from here. It's just funny to me that they had the opportunity. They could have just dragged all they had to do was drag one more stinking villain from one of those two movies <laughs> into this thing, or just give us one of Tom's. Because the funny thing is here, Tom fights no new villain. Yeah. Not for him. He has no new personal villain in this movie. It's only villains from previous films. So his big, it's kind of interesting to watch Spider-Man in this universe fight the Spider-Man, the, the arch villain of the Spider-Man from a different universe as sort this, of 
is big bad. Outside of Doctor Strange, this really is serves as a standalone Spider-Man movie. Um, and I and I mentioned that after seeing it, like I don't I, it is it is a Spider-Man universe movie with Marvel Universe pieces. But overall, this is a Spider-Man movie. It has implications that will go on in the next one. And I would, I am very interested to see how they move forward. Um, and then again, you, you have to wonder if you have to start incorporating certain Sony movies into it because Sony does have the bad guys. To. And so if they can build a universe where you can see the bad guys and incorporate uh, Tom and, and Marvel in that as well. I think that's only beneficial to both. And I think that is, is what they have to do in order to be successful, because as we've seen coming out of this, and I'm sure we'll get into the box office on it, is that superhero movies are the only things consistently bringing people out to the theaters, making money. And so if you as two different entities can cross over and create a Spider-Man, which is also for most people, the movie that got them into superhero movies in the modern age, it will just skyrocket. Look at how much money make Venom makes by itself. Right. And Venom, which isn't even necessarily considered like the mo- a very popular superhero movie, is actually pretty popular. Yeah. You know? Will you stop grabbing every post yeah. that you can find? This but what about, is there anything else about this movie itself? Um, there is. Go for it. Go ahead. No, no, no. Josh, you wanted to say okay. something. I was just going to comment on MJ and Ned, who continue mm. to be just amazing. Um, yeah. They're my, well, so there is no other version of Ned, really. Uh, uh, but th- uh, this is my favorite MJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zendaya, I think, really adds to the movie in ways that some of the others don't. You know, unfortunately, I think because of the times, a lot um Elegance, beauty, perfection, grace, poise. There was no depth. Well, Kirsten, uh, Kirsten, Kirsten Dunst kind of had to fall into the damsel in distress role a little too much. Yep. Um, I can't remember a lot about Emma Stone, but she existed. But she was Gwen Stacy. But um, still, as a love interest for Spider-Man, uh, Zendaya's MJ uh, is my favorite, I believe. She actually, they're actually like a team for him, like his... Uh, they're, they're his Alfred in the Batcave. Um, and I like that a lot. And the it made the ending so much more heartbreaking to me, especially when he goes into the cafe and sees that they are still friends in this world where they don't know him. But he doesn't go through with reading whatever letter he wrote. He has and, to rebuild and, and, it. And, and Jacob, Jacob Batalon, as, uh, Ned, as Ned, he's... Uh, he's, he's he's so natural. Also, in the role, how right? about it's his great? Perfect. He's got a great little subplot himself where he's having an inner struggle struggle over whether or not he might kill Peter <laughs> because um, the other Spider Man had a best friend who tried to kill him, yes. or yeah. whether or not he's magic because his grandma said he has magic in him. Yeah, and yeah. Doctor Strange is turns out he is. That's where that was my next thing is other than Matt Murdock from Daredevil from from Netflix's Daredevil showing up, which uh, was my personal long awaited moment. I yeah. gasped. Uh, I, I got I, I, I was uh, like, what's the word? Fangirling in my seat. Yeah. Uh, we're fanboying <laughs> in my seat. I was just like, well, it just it, it just told me I'm in for a roller coaster because that was so early in the movie. You ding, get ding, such ding, a big ding, reveal. I hope to see more. Anyhow. Oh, uh, my my favorite or one of my favorite aspects of this is actually also um, is, is Dr. Strange himself. Mm-hmm. I feel like from his movie uh, in 2016, 
as a character in this in this collection of films has come so far in terms of his interest level in terms of Benedict's uh, performance of him uh I think he's he's funny he is kind of he's fairly trustworthy like you believe him when he says this is not a good idea you're gonna f this up but also you kind of love that like he doesn't he kind of likes to break his own rules he kind of mm. he kind of he kind of has a little bit of fun of being like yeah, you know, we can break the rules today. Yeah, you know, why not? It's kind of, it's kind of, there's a kind of a, there's kind of a, a charm about it. Um, he's, and he he's, just, he just looks so uh, powerful. Like he, you know, he's just like, just him just swirling stuff through the air and bringing it all. Oh my in, God. Yeah. Know. When he threw him into the mirror verse and oh. they were just fighting through geometry. That was oh, amazing. It was, so, it was like, it was like, this is what I, what I imagined. Wow. Like the, the 2016, his film is such a, a, is such an introduction and they don't get heavy into a lot of that stuff, but him and Ragnarok, Infinity War, Endgame, and now he just looks like you. You would be an idiot not to put him in the next Avengers movie. Well, and then the, the the trailer that they give you at the end just looks trippy AF. But right, we'll get into that later. Yeah, we'll, Andrew, we'll you had something that. that you wanted to say. Oh, about and what if? Him and what if? The only thing I wanted to say was, was that I there was one moment. There was one moment that was like an Endgame moment for me, and that was when uh, Tom Holland and not Tom Holland. Um, Andrew Garfield's Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man saves MJ. Yeah. Yeah. And that to me was like a personal redemption. Yeah. Uh that when when that you don't know about Captain Yeah, yeah. Well when when Captain America when Captain America went back in time to spend the rest of his life with Agent Carter, you know, it was that it was just like, oh, that was satisfaction. This is that same satisfaction. And you see it. And it's great. It's amazing. You know, he was able to correct his own mistake just in another universe. Yeah. How did you know about that? And I haven't seen the movie because I didn't. Because like. That's my that was my point of there's a little bit of mist. So that whole moment, while I pasted it together through context clues, never seen the movie, don't understand. You also have never seen the movie, but somehow know, which also yeah. tracks. But well, it also. You know, it is it is referential of one of the most of one of the most infamous moments in comic book history. So there's a little bit of, you know, I know that that is a past of of Spider-Man's. My only argument to that is the people who go see the superhero movies are majority not comic book fans. So they also don't know about that. Sometimes. Well, the moment made me cry and I appreciate it. Absolutely. There were so many moments. Um, I because I have seen it and I have Greatly enjoyed the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man renaissance going on right now, um, where people are finally recognizing that he was good at it. Yeah, um, well, I, his wit is not, great. His wit think, is fantastic. I think we movie. can all agree collectively that the problem was never Andrew Garfield. Never, it's never. The problem he, I was always. Seen him, it seems great. The problem was always just the creative structure behind him was clearly at the time trying to emulate the MCU Avengers style, but they had access to nothing. They only had Spider-Man characters to work with. So they were trying to create a Spider-Man universe that alone could rival the Avengers universe. It is just never going to happen. They're trying to squeeze so much into so little. And, but Andrew Garfield was always great. And, and for that matter, Emma Stone was always great. Uh, uh, you know, I love uh, Dennis Leary in the first one. Um, you know, there was, there was a real, there was real potential there, but it was, it, it didn't really get sought through. Yeah. Um, so it was really great to see these two characters get a moment again. Wouldn't it be crazy if Sony goes, what if we just make a bunch of different Spider-Mans now? Let's just keep Andrew Garfield series going. We'll just make, we'll just make Andrew Garfield series again. 
I would be there on the <laughs> opening night. That's what I mean. I love the Garfield verse. Bring it back. My, my big hope. Oh, by the way, I also want to throw a shout out to, uh, they were in Far From Home, but I want to throw a shout out to uh, Peter's collection of comedian high school teachers like J.B. Smooth, <laughs> Martin That's Starr, right. and uh, and uh, Hannibal. Hannibal Burris. Yes, uh, what Fantastic. a what a tr- what a trio! They're hilarious. Uh, that was a great moment. Um, so we are starting to run a little low on time, but I want there were a couple things that popped up that we said we would get to. So let me let's try to get to them. Um, po- let's go, let's go first with post credit stuff. Right. Uh, the mid credit scene. Uh, really pays off more if you saw Venom 2. Um, it's true. I, I, for a while, I was confused. You may not really know why that's even happening um, or how Venom knows who Peter Parker is. Um, so that doesn't really move the story forward a little bit other than a little piece of Venom being left behind inside the MCU, uh, which uh, is very telling for the future. Yes. And then also at the very end, I believe for the first time, we don't get a post credit scene. We get a trailer reveal for the second time. When when was the first one? The last time they did this was after Captain America, the first Avengers. They just rolled the trailer for Avengers. Oh, the first ever Avengers trailer. Right. I don't remember that. Right. The end of the first Captain America movie. Yeah. I thought it was a cool way to do it. Yeah. In the past, there's been like three or four different ways they've gone about it. Sometimes they just show a scene from the next movie. Sometimes they show a, a special scene that just sets it up uh, that they film with with the first movie, and uh, sometimes they, sometimes they, and then this is, this is the other thing they just show a trailer like this, which was oh, and sometimes they just show like corny jokes, um, but Those here we got a, a full on trailer featuring Doctor Strange, Wanda, uh, mm. we see a little bit of like America Chavez in there, uh, aka Miss America. And, uh, uh, oh, and uh, I, I didn't even know Rachel McAdams is back. So that's yeah. interesting. It's going to uh, be good. Wong, and hey, you know what? One of my favorite things about the 2016 Doctor Strange movie, uh, Chuatel Ejiofor yeah. coming back. Well, so I think there's Baron Mordo. Sam Raimi, and I think there's a chance that it's very horror-themed, if I'm not mistaken. So it'll be interesting to see how they go in that direction. It's true, because what also appeared, we got... Uh, uh, multiverse variant whatever you want to say dr strange at the end there too yeah dr strange yes exactly that's what i like so much about uh you know not just this movie in particular but the mcu overall but this movie might have been the ballsiest because if you just walk into this movie never seeing anything ever i think it would still make enough sense to you yeah but to fully understand everything about this movie, you have to have seen Maguire Spider-Man, Garfield Spider-Man, um, the majority of the MCU films, um, Loki, WandaVision, and Netflix's Daredevil. And, and maybe I even think in that's the everything, but there be and maybe even that. But to fully grasp every little bit, you oh, and Venom. You have and Netflix to Netflix's Daredevil. And yeah. the fact that they can do that, but also make it make sense if you haven't. Yeah. ridiculous yeah let's uh talk about how much money money is made so far real quick oh my gosh it has made so much money so far i have to start a new podcast podcast called so much money uh <laughs> spider-man no way home has debuted in its opening weekend now again these are still estimates this number could change a little bit but we're still working on the three-day estimate but the third highest opening weekend of all time 253 million dollars in its opening weekend 
for reference, the two highest are Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame. Hmm. So basically, three Spider-Mans is almost as good as every hero in the MCU, uh, is what that comes down to. Um, it, it opened this weekend, December 17th, uh, 2021. Uh, in the number two spot, you have Disney's Encanto, which uh, it brought in $6.5 million to bring its total to $81 million. Uh, you have uh, West Side Story, which brought in $3.4 million. Uh, you have Ghostbusters Afterlife. And number five, uh, Nightmare Alley, which I, I, I know something about that, but I can't remember. Oh, it looks really good, and I, I want to see who it. who the lead in that is now. Uh, Bradley Cooper, maybe. Yeah, uh, at okay. number... Uh, so for the year, in three days, Spider-Man No Way Home is already the highest-grossing movie of the year. These are... These are non-pandemic level numbers. Yeah. Um, everything else that I'll read here in the top five uh, braved it through a pandemic and did pretty good numbers uh, given that. Number two, you have uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings brought in $224 million to date. Uh, number three, Venom Let There Be Car- Carnage brought in $209 million. Uh, Number four, Black Widow brought in $183.6 million. And number n- five, you have F9, The Fast Saga, bringing in $173 million nothing but uh, a bunch of superhero movies bunch basically. of superhero movies and a bunch of and well and of uh, uh, uh the fast those movies they're superheroes they're superheroes you know and to round out if you really if you round out the, the the bottom 10 it's eternals no time to die a quiet place part two free guy and jungle cruise um so i mean honestly i i would i would be hard pressed to really like judge any of these movies too harshly because like i said it is a bad year and there's a pandemic still going, still going on. True. And so for any of these movies to make what they have made is, is impressive enough. Well, what um, kind of stars do we want to make them have? Cause we only got a minute left or so. Oh yeah. Yeah. We'll skip the letterbox game. It's too fresh anyway. Yeah. yeah it is too fresh. Easy. I'll go first. Five stars. No questions. Uh, I will not take questions. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, Five stars I- for me. I'm going to be a realist and I'm going to give it a four stars with the intent that it will probably go higher, but four. I think for the moment, I have to say five. For the moment, I have to say five. I'm still on the high. This I might think come that down. they pulled off something so inconceivable that I can't sometimes even, my I can't rating, even question below a five. Sometimes my ratings fair. come down. And I'll tell you this. I understand Garrett's because like you said, you missed out on some context. I've not seen an element. And so you're, there's an element of being alienated for me. Luckily I went in having seen basically everything they pulled from to make this movie. So like it, it hit at every pillar for me uh, and still somehow tell, managed to tell a really good story uh, about Peter Parker. So uh, I loved it. So I'm going to give it five stars for now. Maybe that'll come down over time. I don't know where what it sits on Andrew? the MCU all board. Who knows? Andrew said five. Wow. I heard him. Cool. So that's uh, going to round out to a five. Awesome. Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, great movie. You can find us online at so many sequels.com. We got all our links there. And we'll see you all very soon with more movie reviews. Everybody do spider hands. <laughs>